Welcome to the Orlando Lady Boss Podcast, a show about women who impact, inspire, and grow the Orlando community. I'm your host, Diana Griffith, and the Chief Ideas Maker at Orlando Lady Boss. I'm here to introduce you to the women who are entrepreneurs, activists, artists, change makers, and leaders in the Orlando community. I hope this encourages you to impact, inspire, and grow your own community in Orlando and beyond. Now, let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to episode 69 of the podcast. And we are in the beginning of August. And I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but when I when August hits, one, I'm like over summer, even though in Florida we still have like three more months left. So I start dreaming about October and those cool uh, the cool air that comes in in October. But I also start getting that like vibe of back to school. I I don't have any kids, but I still get that like beginning of the fall. It's time to get out of that summer slowness and get back to everything that's going on with the rest of the year. Events start happening. People come out um, of their of their shell in the fall. And I'm just so excited that we are getting back to that place. And I don't know if anyone else thinks about those things when, when it's this time of year, because it feels so prevalent to me after being in school for so long as a kid and into college that the fall time of the year, even without kids, I still get that back to school, clean slate feel um, in the fall. And I'm really, really excited because we're going to be talking a little bit about education and helping kids out, especially young ladies, teenage girls, because today on the podcast, my guest is Rosine Johnson, who is the executive director for Pace Center for the Girls. Our interview is so fantastic, and if you're looking for an organization to get involved in where you're helping uh, young ladies who you know, might have fallen through the cracks otherwise through the school system, PACE is a fantastic program, and I can't wait to share that interview with you. But first, let's get to this month's question. Every month, I answer a question on the podcast about business practices, marketing, content creation, and leadership. And if you have a question for a future episode, please feel free to reach out to me. You can email me at diana at orlandoladyboss.com, or you can reach out to me on Facebook. I'm at Orlando Lady Boss on Instagram or Orlando Lady Boss on Facebook. You could reach out to me on any of those platforms and ask me a question, and I might answer it on an upcoming episode. This month's question comes from Sarah, and Sarah writes, over the past four years or so, I have worked hard to build a brand for myself that is really working. I have leads coming in all the time, but half the work I'm doing, I don't even want to offer anymore. I'm burnt out working 12 to 13 hours a day consistently and creatively. I feel like I'm tied to work that doesn't work for me anymore. Help. What should I do? Sarah, thank you so much for your question. I think this is a fantastic question. And I also think that this is one, if you are somewhere between three and maybe five years into your business, you might be in kind of the same place right now also. But honestly, this is a really great place to be in because now you can start to think about how to pivot and think about how to better align with your current and future goals. It definitely sounds like you are burnt out working that many hours a week. I mean, 12 to 13 hours a day is just way, way, way too much. And I bet you started your company so you could feel like you had more control over your time. But I sense right now, you are probably feeling like you have less control over your time and energy and your company and your clients are controlling that all. 
So this is the time to start thinking about what has worked for you and what doesn't work for you. Right now you say that your brand is working for you really, really well. And that's a great thing. Uh, If you have been experimenting with the types of products or services you offered over the past few years, now is the time to evaluate the work you've done and decide, have you specialized in something or are you still offering a wide array of services or products? And if so, it's time to maybe pare down what you're offering, especially because you're telling me that you don't even want to do half the things that you're offering anymore. So maybe it's time to stop offering those services. It's You want to think about what sells best or what you are most efficient at doing. And hopefully both of those things are the same product or service for you. Because this is going to lead you into something that's really good because then it's time to think through the processes of the work of the particular work you want to do. Because every service that you offer or maybe every product has a different, maybe a slightly different process that you're doing, especially if you're offering service-based products or um, service-based offerings. The process is what you are selling to your customers. And in episode 67, I talked with Jamara Wilson from Tuxedo Impressions about how to evaluate your processes. And so you, if you are having a hard time understanding how to do that, this is a great episode to listen to. So definitely listen to that episode if you want a little bit more in detail information about some of the stuff I'm going to talk about in here. So once you've defined the processes for the particular service that you want to offer or are the most efficient at offering or the, or it sells the best, think about ways that you can automate or outsource certain parts of that work. The goal in this is to get yourself time back into your day without hopefully sacrificing your income level. Because if you get really, really good at automating your process or outsourcing parts of the the steps in the process um, that you do not actively have to be in, you could just get better at selling this over and over and over again, and then not always being the one that's doing all of the work all of the time. So it's really important to think about the work you want to be doing within this process. Is it the sales and connecting with the clients? Is it the actual creative part of the, of the creation of the, process, the service that you're doing? Try to identify what is the part that you need to be doing so you are able to continue selling the work. Um, and, and making a good profit for yourself so you can continue to create time and space. So once you're able to create more time in your schedule by streamlining your processes for your best-selling products or services, you can now start to plan and think about what is next in your business and think about pivoting. And as a business owner, you need to be the visionary and the driver of your company. So that requires time for contemplative thinking. And so if you need to pivot to to a smaller range of services and downsize a little bit, so then you're able to launch and be bigger later, that's, that's a really great thing to do. So once you've created the, the space in your schedule, you are able to start considering what you want to do next. It could, it, and that can be either professionally or personally. I know many of us have started businesses to have control over our lives and our schedule. However, in the early years when we are experimenting and figuring things out, we can get caught up working way longer hours than we want, which usually takes us away from what our lifestyle goals were in the first place. So, but however, as you figure out what works for you, it's important to take the time to streamline and think about the bigger picture, which it sounds, Sarah, like is exactly where you are right now. How do you want your business to work work with your life? The great thing is if your branding is already working well, it will keep future customers engaged with you as you pivot to the next venture in your company. And lastly, I want to leave you with this. Scaling down for a little while as you pivot to the next thing is not failing. It's an act of aligning better with your values and ultimate goals as your life changes. 
Life is long and our needs will change over time depending on what is needed in our personal life. And it is totally okay to take a step back for a season and evaluate and change to fit a new set of needs for yourself. This is why we work for ourselves in the first place. So I want to say congratulations on being on this stage in your business. I know that you're stressed out and anxious right now, and I know it probably feels overwhelming and scary, but I am confident you already have ideas about what you want. You just need to create the space to figure out how to incorporate those things into your life so you don't feel so burnt out by the work that you're doing and the business that you run. So thank you again, Sarah, for that question. And again, if you have a question for me for a future episode, please feel free to reach out to me. You can email me, diana at orlandoladyboss.com or find me on Instagram at orlandoladyboss or on Facebook, and that is facebook.com slash orlandoladyboss. Without further ado, let's get to our interview with Rosine Johnson, Executive Director of Pace Center for the Girls. Hey everyone, welcome to the episode. Today my guest is Rosine Johnson, who is the Executive Director of Pace Center for the Girls. Welcome to our show. Yes. She's Instagramming me right now. I totally am. <laughs> this is so cool. Thank I love it. You. She's already Instagrammed before we started. I love that she's doing it now. It's awesome. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Rosine. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about Pace and what you do here. For sure. the organization. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I take it as an honor and privilege. You have an amazing podcast. Well, Our team you. listens to you often. <laughs> oh, and awesome. so um, this is very, very cool. So thanks for sharing all mm-hmm. great things female. Mm-hmm. Well, um, PACE is a very special organization here in Central Florida mm-hmm. because our organization has been here almost 30 years. So this center um, has been here almost 30 years. And what makes PACE mm-hmm. so special is is that PACE is really designed as a safe haven and a place for girls that may have had some challenging situations in life but are looking forward to building a great future. Mm-hmm. Specifically, um, PACE was actually started in Jacksonville, Florida, so that's where we're continuing um, our headquarters. Uh-huh. Um, but it was started by a teacher that realized that there were girls that were coming through the school system that were in need of some additional supports. These were girls that may have been acting out a lot in class, um, maybe had their head down a bit, a little bit more withdrawn. And as she got to know a little bit more about them, she recognized that these girls were really dealing with a lot of effects of unresolved trauma in their life. Mm. And that trauma was leading them to really behave in ways that were inappropriate. Um, but it was also honestly a cry for help. Mm -hmm. So long story short, Um, she really wanted to help support these girls so that they weren't making even more bad decisions, right? Where they might end up in a juvenile justice system or furthermore, um, continue in the cycle that they had already been in, right? Yeah, you see, you recognize that there's something there that needs to be addressed and trying to address it as soon as... As soon as possible. Mm -hmm. So grateful for Vicki Burke, the founder of PACE, to be able to do that. Well, Mm -hmm. long story short, she actually started PACE in the basement of a church with 10 girls. And from 1985 till now, PACE has served over 40,000 girls throughout the state of Florida and growing. So it obviously lets us know there's a need, and PACE was started at a time when there were a lot of programs for boys Mm -hmm. that were helping to support boys, stay out of juvenile justice, to get back on the right track, and to help them academically. But she saw a huge need that there was nothing available for girls. There was a lack in the in 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 those structures for for girls to help girls at the time. And even now, yeah, I was going to say, I know a lot of other programs that are doing what you're doing. Exactly, and even now we still stand alone. Although there are a lot of other our sister programs Mm -hmm. that we work with a lot through the city of Orlando, Mm -hmm. we really have a niche in really identifying and working with young ladies. Like I said, that may have been through some challenging situations. It doesn't make them bad. 
bad. Unfortunately, they just had some bad things happen to them, mm-hmm. and they need more support. So yeah. we provide that through counseling, mm-hmm. um, and we also mental health counseling. And each girl is assigned an individual counselor. Mm-hmm. We also provide that through academics, a smaller class size, more direct and face to face classes, mm-hmm. and also academic advisors. So we can help keep girls on track. Mm-hmm. And so um, I love the holistic nature of what we do mm-hmm. and keeping and recognizing that once you're successful academically, you can be successful socially and vice versa. Yeah. Um, that's the part that really drew me to PACE and being able to witness our young ladies grasp such great strength in themselves mm-hmm. and realize the greatness that's always there that we always saw but there's nothing like that moment when you see the light bulb go off and that girl realizes I am great and she realizes for herself. Oh my gosh. That's priceless. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that, you know, some of the things that you touched on of um, needing like that extra support, because like when bad things happen to us, it's not about, you know, us. It's right, about right. the thing that happened, but that right. also means that like it doesn't mean that you could just keep going about your life in yes. the same way. Very and true. so to be able to like offer a different atmosphere. Like mm-hmm. so are the are the are the girls staying here or are they is this a day program? We are a school program. Mm-hmm. So it's not residential, which is nice, right? Because the parents are connected to us as well. And mm-hmm. so that's a really important piece. So the girls are going back home, they're sharing what they're learning at school, mm-hmm. at home, and now we're having a much deeper impact into our community, right? Because Mm -hmm. they're taking this information home and sharing it with their siblings or their brothers or their sisters or cousins or aunts, uncles, etc. And we're impacting this community in a much, much deeper and greater way. Mm -hmm. Um, But our girls come to school on an average school day. Mm -hmm. Um, They have um, seven periods of classes and the beauty of it is, is that they have the ability to stay on track with their core classes from Orange County Public School. They can come here and have those same classes, have that same interaction, but do it at a pace that's more in line with what they need. And there's other, you know, I I think about where what you do at a regular school, like right, a regular right, right. high school, because like, yeah. these are high school girls. Middle mostly, and high school. Middle mm-hmm. and high school. So yeah, when you go to, a, I, I'm more familiar with the high school setting. Yeah. Um, but going, I guess I went to middle school too. <laughs> I volunteered right. more recently at a high school. So, um, but you go to a high school and there's, you know, you're going to the different classes. But I've come here and toured yeah. Pace before in the past, which is how I was introduced to your organization. And, you know, I think I walked into a meditation class yes. or they were doing, like there's yes. all these different types of classes that are yes. not in a regular high school that are right. really, really cool. We're very intentional about mm-hmm. our spaces. And mm-hmm. so um, with my background being in education and being mm-hmm. an educational consultant and mm-hmm. teaching and administrating, that's the other part that I love about this place is, is that I'm such a big proponent of environment. Environment matters. Mm-hmm. And when you set an intentional, calming learning but safe nurturing environment for a student particularly for a female Mm -hmm. you're able to unlock a level of trust a Mm -hmm. level of security that many of our girls haven't experienced in a long time and once they experience that and feel that Mm -hmm. they're much more likely to really begin in to focus and to focus in on their academics and to really understand how how bright they are and Mm -hmm. how much of the work they can do But the environment matters. So in a lot of our classes, we work really hard to have um, um, comfortable group areas. Yeah. Because we know that girls learn much, much better in groups and Mm -hmm. because we need to talk. Yeah. The room I walked into, there were no desks. Yeah. Like they were sitting around kind of in a circle. The lights were dim. Yes. I remember this very specifically last year. I think they were doing other things in class, but I walked in during a meditation time. The diffuser is on. (laughs) So we're using essential oils Uh and... And really kind of helping um, our bodies get in line and in Mm -hmm. tune. Um, There might be soft music playing. Again, all of that stimulates the brain and the senses. And it helps a young lady that may be coming from an environment that where she doesn't feel safe. Yeah, well, I was going to say an anxious mind isn't going to be able to yes. concentrate on so true. on on the academic stuff. And so, so if you're coming true. from maybe a chaotic environment, yes. you got to yep. like 
calm down a little bit before you can get yep. into the the depth of the the work that you need to concentrate Absolutely. on. Absolutely, and it helps the teachers to be able to open up the floodgates and really for them to be able to teach in a much different way. Mm-hmm. And that's the other beauty that I love um, about our program is that our teachers have a lot of flexibility to while they're held to the same standards, they have the flexibility though to present the content in a way that works best for their kids. Mm-hmm. And I think at the core, that's what every teacher wants, right? Yeah. They want totally. to educate and they want to be able to present information in the best way that's going to fit their students. Mm-hmm. And at Pace, our teachers have the ability to do that. That's amazing. And I and and I know you can't see anything because this is a podcast, but also walking around, walking around this facility too, is there's inspirational phrases everywhere. Mm-hmm. I remember walking into your lunch room yeah. last year and there were all types of um, yes. art that the girls had done. Yes. And, and a real just... crown board. So our real queen fix other crowns board. Mm-hmm. And that board is so fun because that's a board where the girls can send positive messages to each other. Yeah. And what I love about it too, is that there are a couple of young ladies that will write write and post positive messages about themselves. So how cool is that? That's amazing. Like, I, and you know, those are just breaking down like societal ideas of yes. how we're supposed to be friends with each other and things yes. like that, which is fantastic. Yes. So yeah. adorable. Yeah. So you mentioned that, um, with your background, you felt that environment is really um, huge. important. Huge, huge, huge. So how did you become part of this organization? You said you have an educational yeah. uh, background. So yeah. yeah, how did you come into this work? What, well, dro- what drove you? What drove me? Well, mm-hmm. um, I have been working with children and youth for over 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I don't look it, so I know you all can <laughs> yeah, I was gonna see say, me on the podcast. I was going to say 20 years ago. But it's okay. I started doing this at 12. It's okay. I really did. But, um, but really, um, and it's always been a, a passion of mine. So I started off in education and I taught in early childhood settings, elementary and middle school settings, and then I moved into administration. And what I really loved about administration was the fact that I could see everything coming together. Mm-hmm. I could see how the instructional team connected with the therapy team that then connected to what was happening in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And then again, even the facilities part of what it means, and I know it sounds so small, but uh, what a coat of paint does in the classroom. It's, it's not small. It is not. I agree with changes you. It changes everything. Not. It is not. changes everything. Yeah. So I love the ability to be able to do that, and I love programming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started off in that vein. And so when I began administrating um, and administering um, programs, leading programs, I was really heavily involved in program development. Well, what naturally started with that was that as you're developing programs, you need resources, right? Mm -hmm. So then I started finding money to be able to build these programs Mm -hmm. that I was very interested in. And that began my path into executive directing. And I've been an executive director for about... 15, um, almost 16 years in multiple settings, Mm -hmm. um, some being early childhood, others being privatized um, special education settings. So PACE is really kind of the last frontier for me from an educational perspective. I've worked in public, I've worked in private, I've worked with children and adults with special needs. This kind of puts all of it together. It pulls it all together Mm -hmm. in one place, and the core of why I do what I do Mm -hmm. is always about children and youth. And so... It connects me back with a demographic that I've always felt an affinity to, which was a demographic that I felt was underrepresented. And whether those were students that um, had some additional needs and additional learning needs that had IEPs or those that were in special education, whether it was students that might qualify for Title I um, types of programming, or whether it's, as we're seeing, girls being Mm -hmm. underrepresented, I'm... I feel like I'm back at my core of why I entered education in the first place. That's amazing. I think it's so important to help people feel seen while they're going through the education system. Very important. I was a really good academic student. I I went to all public schools Mm -hmm. in Florida, but when I think about some of like where like my really good skill sets are Mm -hmm. or things like that, I, I feel like I got like passed over the system a little mm-hmm. bit. And I think that there's probably a lot of people that go through the public system that mm-hmm. feel that way. And I had 
good advocates for mm-hmm. myself, you know, things like that. Yep. So, and I am, um, and I work with a, a, a mentee through another mm-hmm. program, um, Horizon Scholars. Oh, or, love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, who has also been on the podcast yeah. um, for a few years. And I can see that happening through those mm-hmm. programs too. So, to be able to see someone and go, yep. I see you and I see the needs that you have, even if you can't express them yourself, I think is so important because at that age, they don't know all the time. Right. And I think our educational system, um, and I will not stay on my soapbox for very long. No, go go on your soapbox. I think think we're very grateful um, in the United States, to be honest, um, to have an educational system that really, truly is accessible for all. Mm -hmm. I think that's very, very important Mm -hmm. because even in 2019, we still have countries in our world where certain people cannot access education. Mm -hmm. So this is not a knock against public education at all. Mm -hmm. What I love about what's happening, though, in our country, whether or not it's moving fast enough for people or what have you, but what I've experienced over the last 20 years is an evolving piece in our educational system. And it is that very part that you're mentioning that we're recognizing that our original educational system was really designed for a more industrial and even actually, frankly, more an agrarian industrial Mm -hmm. age where our economy, our systems, our whole country doesn't Mm -hmm. do that anymore. And there's a whole different set of skills and backgrounds and knowledge and diversities that are needed But in traditional school settings, it's not always able to come out. So then you have these beautiful places like Pace and like some of the other pieces, Mm -hmm. places that you've mentioned that partner with our traditional school systems Mm -hmm. so that we have the ability to even help them shine a light on those young people that may not always be represented or may not always be seen so that they aren't left behind and they don't fall through the cracks. Yeah, and I, I totally... I see how important that work is. It's really, really important. And I agree with your soapbox mm-hmm. assessment. We could probably have a long conversation. <laughs> yes, we can call me back that. to that show. Yeah. That we'll, show, yeah. yes. We'll have we you on again back. and we'll do another yes. one just about education advocacy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now can... that one, yeah. I think that'll be a three-hour show. <laughs> we sure. should have that conversation because yes. I'm on the same page with you. But that... Um, that, so that brings me to, as yeah. we're talking about these these girls, especially, um, that might fall through the cracks, what kind of risk factors sure. would um, would bring a girl or, or qualify a girl to be sure. part of this program? Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we want to help as many girls as possible. And um, generally speaking, um, PACE is really designed for teenage girls. Mm-hmm. So um, preteen girls to teenage. So um, our youngest young lady um, can join us at 11, mm-hmm. and the eldest that can can join us is really 17 mm-hmm. while they can remain in the program through 18 the program ends for a young lady when she turns 18 mm-hmm. but what really stands out and I guess I'll use our portrait of risk mm-hmm. because I think there's an assumption about the young ladies that come to pace but our portrait of risk I think um, that we use as culmination that will help really determine and kind of give an idea of the young ladies that can benefit from our program. Mm-hmm. So when we take a look at our girls and we look at some of the things that they're presenting when they come into PACE, mm-hmm. um, there are a couple of risk factors that are three, that are, I guess I'll use our top three. Yeah, top three. That's fine. I'm sure that there's, it's, it's complicated yeah. sometimes when you get it down to something. But I use our top three. The mm-hmm. first is, is that there is a um, level of mental health need or support, meaning... Um, the young lady might be presenting with high anxiety, mm-hmm. might be presenting with depression, and or may have a formal mental health diagnosis. Okay. We all know, especially in this country, mental health um, needs have no color, mm-hmm. they um, have no demographic, and they definitely do not have a um, financial piece attached to nope. it. So any girl, they could look any type of way, be from any background, ethnicity, and or any social economic status. However, we recognize there's an overriding mental health care need that is there and significant. So that's one of the pieces that stands out for us. So most of our girls are dealing with those types of things, a high level of anxiety, um, dealing with depression, 
And again, as I mentioned, they may have a formal diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So we want to be able to give pull them out of that traditional setting and mm-hmm. give them a smaller setting where they can work through that with their own individual counselor. And the, is this done um, like through the school program specifically? Like teachers mm-hmm. are recommending, or um, and so yeah. yeah. If you if, if if someone is listening and they hear yeah. something, they go, I think someone might be good for yep. a program like this. So yeah. we have a lot of our referrals do come from the school system, mm-hmm. but they also will come from our fellow mental health or girl serving yeah. agencies. Mm-hmm. They'll also come from the Department of Juvenile Justice whom also is a partner with us as well um, as OCPS. And so there may be Department of Juvenile Justice programming, um, probation um, and or other prevention programs and avenues even through local boys and girls clubs mm-hmm. where they might see, you know what, I see this young lady, I think she needs some additional support. Mm-hmm. So that kind of tends to be the number one overriding risk factor that we see. Mm-hmm. The second tends to be a history or a potential history, uh, a potential kind of entry into substance abuse, mm. um, which connects back to this mental, mental health, health piece, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, yes. And so we see that pretty often. And then I think the third piece that we're really seeing is, is that a young lady that we're noticing is failing one or more classes at school, mm-hmm. which again, connect back to the other yeah. two. Um, those three pieces, um, or if you will, those three risk factors really tend to kind of give us a glimpse into, okay, wait a minute, this is a young lady that could benefit from the work here Mm -hmm. that we're doing at PACE, that could benefit from additional counseling, that could benefit from a more streamlined, um, and more personal approach to education Mm -hmm. and could just simply benefit in being in a smaller environment where we can help them navigate some of these social struggles. Yeah, no, I agree. And sometimes those schools are so big. The They're schools are huge. huge. You know what? I um I'm originally from um the Midwest. Okay. And so when I moved here a few years ago, I, I remember my husband and I were driving around and I was pointing, I was like, Oh, I wonder what college that is. It wasn't a college, it was like Evans High School. <laughs> like that's how big the schools I wasn't ready. Yeah. I just I thought, oh my gosh. So God bless Evans, we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Huge, beautiful school. But yeah, two, yeah. three thousand kids on a campus. And uh-huh. imagine everyone's going through something, everyone has a story, and so but our ultimate goal is to get the girl back to Evans, uh-huh. right? So we recognize that she might need a few moments. Yeah. She might need a couple of months to pull things together and really work on her. Yeah. And then when we when we send her back to Evans or mm-hmm. we send her back to Dr. Phillips or we send her back to yeah. Olympia or she goes to another one of our partner schools, she's a stronger, more confident yeah. Better, better suited academically for the work that she's getting. So we're actually sending back to them a so, stronger student. someone who's more resilient. And I Absolutely. think I tell people I'm like everyone needs to have like everyone in their life probably multiple times in their yeah. life need a reset period yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it, sometimes you just need to take a step back. Yes, and you have to like work on yourself a little yes. bit so you can like step forward and be stronger. I think that's like the best thing that maybe computers and video games have given us mm-hmm. is that whole idea of like when I think about it as a little kid, you have a do over button. Like, yeah. oh man, wait a minute, wait a minute, no, I didn't pass that round. I'm gonna do it over. You know what yeah. I mean? And we we kind of need that in real life, right? Yeah. We just need that do over. Especially button. kids need that when they're that young because I think that, and I think that we're learning this as a society more yeah. too that like you know you don't have to be perfect and have everything figured right. out at 16 right but I I mean I feel like I grew up with like that message like slammed into my head For sure and and I think that comes from the idea of we built a, a school system designed yeah. for these certain structures that right. don't exactly exist in the same way anymore it's so true and I think yeah. our generation it was we were kind of the last generation yeah. of where that was so embedded and I can even see as we were probably ending our school career and then like my sibling, my brother is mm-hmm. a couple of years younger than me. He's gone down a completely different path, but the path that he has chosen, he's a huge successful business owner now, mm-hmm. but they, there were so many more options. Like when we went through, it wasn't an option. Yeah. So you went to high school, you went to college. And so what are you doing yeah. versus just a few years later? So let's talk about, do you want to go to college? Yeah. I didn't have that conversation with my parents. It yeah. wasn't even an option. I was having that conversation with my, the 16-year-old mentee. Yeah. It's like, you know, you don't have to decide right now whether you need to go to college. You just need to have your option open yep. for when you're ready to decide. 
so true. But that would never have been a conversation I could have with someone at the same age. Not at all. So I, I totally get it. And, and, and I think that those are positive things that are changing for sure. hundred percent. So what are some of your favorite success stories from this program? You're going to make me cry. I have so (sighs) many, you know, um, I have to say, we serve um, we serve on average about fifty girls um, in our program at a particular time. And how long do they go through the program? They stay typically? with us at pace about eighteen months. Okay, so it's about a year a and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of our programs that we provide are free of charge. So awesome. we really rely on our partnerships with the Department of Juvenile Justice, Orange County Public Schools, mm-hmm. and our community to really yeah. fund this. So program. we're gonna have a link at the bottom to donate yes. uh, the show notes of pace. That's what that's what that ask is right now. Yes, yes, because we're finding more and more and more, and this is getting back to your mm-hmm. um, question yeah. of why the success story is so important. We're finding more and more and more that there are so many more girls in this area. We're Pace Orange, but we really serve the Central Florida community. Mm-hmm. So Orange, Osceola, and even Seminole. There's so many more girls that need our services, yeah. but we can only reach so far, right? So um, I think one of my favorite success stories um, has to be, they just came yesterday. So I had oh. two of my girls um, that came yesterday to stop by and visit that just graduated. And um, they were class of 2019. And their stories are pretty significant because one of the young ladies um, joined us from, um, she was actually, um, she and her family immigrated from outside of the country Mm -hmm. and she was really struggling with, um, English as a second language and really had a lot of responsibility to take care of her family. So she was going to work, bringing back money home to really help support her family that had just recently immigrated to the United States. Well, long story short, you know, she's working, she's doing everything that she can, and of course her grades begin to suffer, and so Mm -hmm. she really stands out as a young lady that could do well at PACE. Well, one of the beauties of our program is is that we do everything that we can to be able to support that young lady and the family. Mm -hmm. So we were able to connect her with other resources like a food pantry, a clothing boutique that we even have here on campus, but also some of our other community resources Mm -hmm that were able to lessen some of the financial burden on the family. Mm -hmm. So then the young lady didn't have to work as much so that she could focus in on school. Oh, that's awesome. And because of that, she was able to go back to her home school and graduate the first in her family. Oh, wow. To be able to do that. gives me chills thinking about it. Um, And now she is off to Valencia College, and I'm so... So beyond proud of Oh her. my gosh. Well, that's amazing. And I think that like, that's just a, like a perfect example of, look, like she needed to help her family and yes. like that could have prevented her from like yes. not having the resources to graduate from mm-hmm. high school, which mm-hmm. could have hurt her in the long run. In the long run. Yeah. And I think it's a great story about how we were also able to provide support to the family. Yeah. So being able to help. Um, her guardians and that type of thing by getting them connected to yeah. local resources that they qualified for to let them know that hey yeah. there are other places that can support you and it's as okay well. to ask for help and 100%. like here it is we're here to help you and 100%. this is gonna make this is gonna make the long term a hundred percent journey better for everyone absolutely mm-hmm. um, I think another success story is again of one of those other students that stopped by and it's so cute that they're friends now so they came together and they're friends and they Aww. they 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 were applying for a new job together. So oh, I was so man. proud of so them. So they met through the program? They met through the program mm. and they're friends after. Making best friends for life, too. Absolutely. Like. Um, absolutely. And, um, you know, this this young lady, um, she and her mom were going through a lot of different struggles. She ran away multiple times um, and joined us at Pace in eighth grade. And at that particular point, she wasn't really ready to fully invest Mm -hmm. so she went back to her home school and her mom instantly saw wait a minute we're falling into the same pattern called us again and said wait a minute we would like her to return which what we always had this saying once a pace girl always a pace girl Mm -hmm. so all of our girls are welcome back um Mm -hmm. if they need us at any point in time long story short her second time i think was where she was really willing to invest and so when we talk about counseling 
our counselors are trained, certified, master's level counselors that really work hard to help our girls do the internal work they need to take responsibility for their actions, Mm -hmm. but to also recognize that they have control over their futures. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly what this young lady did. So Mm -hmm. she worked tirelessly with that counselor to really be able to to kind of deal with some unresolved issues between her and her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and while at the same time, she pushed herself to get her academics done. Long story short, she and her mom mended and repaired their relationship. They're stronger than That's ever. awesome. And she actually graduated an entire year early. <gasps> wow. So, again, just so, so proud. And there yeah. are so many more. You know, I have, we have two I'm other sh- young uh, yeah, ladies. I'm sure. I mean, she I can talk the, forever about the success stories. She has the biggest smile on her face, too, as she's talking about this. Like, she is just beaming from ear to ear. Because you know, so you know that she just loves seeing these these young ladies succeed. And, you know, our team, um, I have to say that we have one of the most incredible, incredible group of people that work here. Mm-hmm. Um, our teachers and counselors, um, community staff, um, even from our front um, our front office manager. I mean, when I mean they are here for the mission and they are here for the girls, I, I'm I'm impressed at the work that they do, and I'm impressed at the lengths that they go through to really ensure that our girls have what they need. And it is their work that's helping the girls put in their work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that takes a lot. Um, working in a, an organization like PACE where there are days of crisis, and there are days when girls are coming in and things aren't so great. Mm-hmm. And there are days when parents are coming in and things aren't so great and you become that constant resource. Yeah. That's not always an easy place to work in. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, though, I think because we have the ability to see success from the girls when we begin to invest and they start investing in themselves, it is more than worth it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Oh, I'm getting chills. Just <laughs> uh, so, um... How do you, how does this program, how does the effect of the program ripple through the Orlando community? Mm-hmm. Well, I think in those two examples, um, for one, mm-hmm. um, you have girls that are now going out into the community, gainfully employed, going into college, planning to stay in the area. They want to give back. So now they're contributing economically as well as connecting to this whole realm yeah. here in Orlando. But their family, so the the first young lady that I told you about, we were able to help that family get some community resources. Now the rest of the family is working. So now they have jobs. They're developing skills. One of the family members is actually going to college as well, so we're increasing them. The other young lady, she and her mom... Her mom is actually, her mom said that during her tra- the, the graduation ceremony we have for the young lady, her mom stood up and spoke and she said, seeing my daughter do this, I'm going to go back to college now. Oh, Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Um, but, but I just think that those are two of many stories of where we're helping the Orlando community, whether it is um, sending out confident, socially responsible citizens into our workforce. Yeah whether it is continuing the education and really allowing our girls with vast skill sets mm-hmm. join our community to improve the diversity, yeah. and frankly, giving um, businesses and corporations opportunities for them to begin to invest in that next generation, mm-hmm. whether it be philanthropically or through volunteerism. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had a lot of corporations come in and really find an affinity to what we're doing and how it connects with them and their mission, mm-hmm. but it allows their team members to get engaged and to do some direct volunteer work right in their backyard. Mm-hmm. So I think... Our effects are honestly long and wide, yeah. um, but it really starts honestly one girl at a time. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, and just uh, what you're talking about on, you know, if this one, you help this one girl um, feel more resilient, feel more confident in herself, and she kind of rises when you help her rise, she kind of helps everyone else around her rise too. Correct. And that's like, that's an amazing thing about helping people find the power mm-hmm. in themselves, right? Because that's what mm-hmm. you're doing. You're just helping them find what 
what is already in them and mm-hmm. what's so spectacular. And uh, yeah, that just, I love that. And uh, <laughs> yeah. that's so funny. That actually is our, um, that's our, that's our motto. So everybody has quote unquote a hashtag uh-huh. or, um, or tagline, if you will, but really, you know, at Pace as an organization, um, um, and we're one of 21 centers across the state, as mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, but that is what we have found is what we do, which is, and our tagline is find the great in every girl. Mm-hmm. That's all we're doing. We're helping them find their greatness. Uh, amazing. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to, um, ask two more questions. Yeah. So the first one is, I'm going to ask you, what is the piece of advice that stuck with you over the years? Ooh. Since we're talking about things that... You know, I have, I'm grateful to have such amazing, amazing mentors. So I actually have two stories. So I know you yes. said a piece of advice, but That's it's okay. two, two of, pieces of advice. It's two pieces fine. of advice. Um, the first comes from um, my mentor, um, Stacia Pierce. I adore her. Thankfully, she's in Orlando. Um, and she is just such an amazing, amazing. Now, talk about a lady boss. She's incredible. Um, <laughs> But um, a serial entrepreneur, a lot of work that she does, but one of the things from her mentoring, um, mentorship programs that she shared with me was the power in showing up. And she talks a lot about sometimes we miss opportunities, we miss moments in life because we don't push through to show up. Mm-hmm. And why that's so important is because I always relate it to our girls here at Pace because for many of our girls... For them to get to school, they are pushing to show up. Mm-hmm. Once we, once they get here, they have a vast material of things that are available to them. But taking two and three buses to school, getting up at four thirty in the morning, helping to dress siblings, getting everybody out of the house, and then on top of all that, navigating mm-hmm. links and all of that. It's a lot. It is a lot. That's exhausting sounding. (laughs) But for them to, at this age, put to practice Mm -hmm. the advice and the practice of showing up, they are never, they never regret when they show up to school. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a powerful principle. Yes, she's telling me that as an adult, that sometimes you have to show up for people, you have to show up for things. Mm -hmm. But I see this in our girls of... They are pushing through so many barriers just to simply show yeah, up. Yeah, it works on so many levels. I I love it, and I'm feeling totally called out right now. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, so sorry. No, no, it's okay. In a good way. In a good way. <laughs> but it's amazing. No. It's amazing. And when our girls do show up, it's important for them to know that we're showing up for them yeah. too. Uh-huh. And um and so that that piece um will stick with me. I think the second piece is um, a piece of advice that actually my dad taught me when I was a little kid that always stays with me. And it was something really simple, but as I've gotten older, I understand it more. He just simply said, you never know the power in just simply being nice to somebody. And again, I can relate it back to what's happening here at Pace. And so my dad always taught me to be nice and to be kind and now I understand why, because you never understand what a person is going yeah, through. Yeah, what the impact of it is going to be on that person at that one time. You never realize it. That mm-hmm. one smile that you offer, the one good morning that you offer, the door you hold. Making eye contact with someone yes. and just like letting them know that they're being seen as a person or something. Yeah, Huge. like those little interactions, like at the end of the day, we are all human beings and we yep. all need... You know, we all need it. Pleasant interactions with other human yes, beings. I for I, sure. I agree with that. Your dad has very wise advice. <laughs> He's a very wise man. Yes. Um, so, how can people get involved with Pace? That's yeah. the last question we'll ask. Yeah, um, this has know, been so fun. Mm-hmm. The, I, I first of all, again, thank you so much for this. This is so fun. I love chatting with it's you. It's been a blast. I've learned so much. I'm like, I, I want to talk to you for a lot longer. Yeah, about I know. I feel things. like we need to like go out for coffee and have <laughs> we, like a Starbucks edition we of this. Totally do. Um, well, you know, um, there are a lot of ways for people to get involved in PACE. Um, and I'll just do, again, top three because three is easy. Number one, um, people can go to our website, peruse our website, pacecenter.org, um, backslash orange. So they mm-hmm. want to look for the Orange Center. And um, they can apply right online right there for a volunteering opportunity to maybe come in and do a mentoring workshop with mm-hmm. the girls. 
Um, so that's really, really important mm-hmm. um, for us. Number two, if they follow us on Facebook, yeah. we're Pace Center for we're Pace Center Girls Orange on Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, we actually um, tag and post all of our events there. So sometimes we have tours, we have morning or afternoon breakfast tours where people can come in. Similar to oh the yeah, tours and that you, you totally need to come see this facility because yeah. it's an awesome. You, you have an you call it campus. Yes, an op- awesome campus. It's awesome. So yeah, yeah you thank if you. you have the opportunity to come tour you should definitely should and that many times when people come in it opens up the door for them to see hey wait a minute i see a need or this is an expertise that i have just like you that i can offer to the girls exactly and that sometimes too is it's hard to know what it is that you can help with but if you came here and let them introduce this world to you you'll i think find a a place that you might want to help out and give suggestions to the team absolutely Mm -hmm. and then our last piece of how we're looking to get people involved is is that um, we're looking to be able to add um, people to our board and our committees. So we do have a nonprofit board, mm-hmm. and um, we have an amazing, amazing board. And um, their job is to really help us with spreading our word, making sure people understand who we are at Pace, mm-hmm. and galvanizing the community to provide resources for our girls. But if there's someone that has a true affinity to what we're doing and can say, yes, I can advocate, yes, I can use my platform to step up and influence, mm-hmm. we have not only board seats, but we also have committees. So we're doing, um, we're planning some really cool, fun events, not only for the girls, but for the community, mm-hmm. as well as um, some new things that we're doing here in the center and really looking for like-minded adults and individuals that say, I could really get behind this cause and mm-hmm. I want to be able to give more. Oh, Amazing. So there's so many ways for you to get involved with this organization. And so I hope that if you're listening to this, you're going to go right over to the website. All of the links for all this stuff is going to be in our show notes. So you can just head over. um, If you're listening on the web browser, you could head over there and just like click right on over. Um, Well, thank you so much, Rosine. I had such an amazing time and I am honored to be able to speak to you about this awesome organization. And she's Instagramming me again, which I love it. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And we are going to see you all next time. Bye. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit my blog, OrlandoLadyBoss.com, for all the show notes from this episode and past episodes. There you can sign up for my monthly email list where I share with you updates on news about women empowerment, networking in Orlando, content writing and marketing tips, and how to share your story with the world. Plus, when you sign up for the newsletter, you get my free download, Boss Up Your Bio, a worksheet that helps you write the perfect about page that makes you shine and speaks to your ideal client. You can also find me on social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Orlando Lady Boss, and you can search for me on Facebook as Orlando Lady Boss also. If you're a woman in Orlando doing something amazing, please be sure to tag it with hashtag Orlando Lady Boss so I can see all the cool stuff you're doing out in the community. Finally, if you got this far and you like what you heard, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. It really helps this podcast to get discovered by other people. Also, make sure to download the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That way, a new episode will be automatically downloaded each Friday for you to enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next time, stay strong and go out and make an impact.